I think we are on. Yes, we are. I see the audio and stuff. We're live? I think we are. I do believe we are. I do see us. Are we live in episode one? The Alabama Episode one. Episode one. We're going to have to, at some point, like, have a drink breakdown of, like, what, what these are, I feel like. Yeah, you and I should agree on that. I can do the Alabama Gentleman. We could talk about it, in fact. That'd be nice, because we actually have a story there with Alabama Gentleman. We do, actually. We do have a little bit of something yeah, to talk yeah. about, don't we? Hey, Ryan, what's going on, man? That's C-Donk. Fair enough. What's up, C-Donk? Welcome, sir. Uh, and yeah. we're actually in, in 1440p uh, also. Look at that. <laughs> The information superhighway now fucking 40p. The internet. It's the internet. So yeah, the Alabama Gentleman, right? Alabama Gentleman's a drink. It's made with Gentleman Jack and Buffalo Rock Ginger Ale. And Hap and I, you you know, we talked about that drink. Yeah, bit. we did. <laughs> quite, quite a bit, in fact. For and, for quite a while, actually. <laughs> yeah, and then you know this would be a good segue because you know I, I've this is a drink that I had one time. There was a whiskey bar here in Birmingham, Alabama. I would get, I would frequent this whiskey bar whenever I would be entertaining clients who would be coming to town, whatever the case may be. Um, and so we go to this whiskey bar, and I had never heard of an Alabama gentleman. Maybe it's a, a drink that they serve elsewhere, but that's where I got it from. And it was Gentleman Jack. And did I just lose you? I did. What? what in the who, world? Who's who? What the hell? <laughs> we're we're gonna pretend that that didn't happen. So here we are with episode one. <laughs> I don't even I don't even know what happened, man. I all of a sudden the call closed out, and I was in another channel. I don't. Look, man. You hung up on me. I feel. I feel like we should just fire me now and hire somebody that knows what they're doing. Pro streamer guy. So here we are with episode one, the Alabama gentleman. <laughs> we'll get that in post. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll edit that out. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. No, we're we're not doing shit in post. <laughs> we're not doing anything in post. What are you talking about? You t- look. You get what you get. All right. I mean. To be fair, I never claimed to be a professional. All right, I just. <laughs> very few things in this world I would claim to be. That's a fair point, Hapa. There are very oh, few things in this world. Seven's audio is low. Hold on, let me turn you up a little bit. That's a thank you for the yeah. Let me thank you for the feedback. Actually, that should be better. How's that? Say something. Mic check. One, two, three, four. Here we are with episode one, the Alabama gentleman. <laughs> Again. How many times can we say that in in the stream? I have to drink, take a drink every time I say it. So if we keep doing, oh this, god, it'll be pretty slosh. <laughs> the, the end. Oh, 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 I'm done. <laughs> Did you see that podcast, man? That guy didn't even make it through the intro. <laughs> <laughs> that guy, that guy got sloshed in the intro. <laughs> Seven's still low. What? I've got him up yeah, quite a bit. Big Gunner, I think Big Gunner just wants to hear the dulcet tones. He do, he is the voice after all. The voice. There you go. Now you're you're pegging near into the the, the red almost. Uh oh. Am I pushing the limits? In no, OBS? No, you're good. You're good now. What are you drinking tonight, Happa? 
I got myself a little Maker's Mark Private Select. It's my, it's a good sipping. I didn't realize actually how much I poured. That's uh, it's like two fingers, right? It's seems like it's. it's right. <laughs> it depends on the size of your fingers. I got thick fingers. So here's to you, bud. I got some some bullets tonight. Cheers. I disagree with the politics. Ooh, my politics of bullet, but I agree with the whiskey. Bullet is delicious. Mm-hmm. Really good for an old-fashioned bullet rye. So, um, I wasn't sure how we would we would open the podcast up on a regular because I figure we say who we are or whatever. But I, I'm wonder. I don't know if that will mean like if we're gonna get boring to people doing that on a regular basis. Do you think that's still reasonable? thing to, to say I who don't know. Do you have like a you got like a 15 second because i mean i could probably do mine in five hey i'm 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 seven um i'm a streamer former ball player tech executive and uh yeah once i raced a car and i was bad at it how about you happen i was bad at it that's, that's a good disclaimer <laughs> <laughs> i'm happy i am fully retired uh, disabled veteran was in the navy for over 20 years uh just kind of chillax and enjoy uh, content creation and chatting with people, which is what this whole podcast is supposed to be about. So it's pretty yeah, much it. And, and combined, we're seven and a half. We looked around in the world and what we found was uh, <laughs> there was nowhere near enough straight totally. white man representation. Of yeah, yeah. And we, yeah. we thought the world needs more of that. So let's have a podcast. Obviously, <laughs> that is that is we, we are going to quickly encroach on on uh, Seth Rogen's uh, area within. I give us a couple weeks. We're right there. Yeah, we, it's pretty competitive space. <laughs> we'll, we'll just say it's competitive. I'm not scared of competition. <laughs> he ain't got nothing on us. That's right. I'm a White Sox <laughs> fan, man. If I was expecting to win, my whole life's out of order. Oh, Lord. Mm. So we got not, that's not those, on the subject list tonight, actually. So <laughs> yeah, well, sure. nope, we'll just move right along on that bad boy. <laughs> move on, move on. So for those of you that are watching or listening uh, later on on a, a podcast app, essentially, um, Seven and I have known each other. Well, hell, it's going on. I think we're going on three years, two years. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's been a minute. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. We just found that we're pretty good at uh, we both like to talk. We essentially don't shut up either of us. And, uh, you know, so <laughs> we have found that when we talk, we uh, we enjoy the conversation. So uh, we thought this would be a great, uh, great way to, to start, you know, uh, a thing. Uh, this isn't necessarily based around gaming, so if you came here to talk about gaming, we probably won't necessarily be talking about that stuff, but we'll be talking yeah, about we made other subjects. Yeah. So. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about uh, tonight, though, right, because we did, we did name it the Alabama Gentleman, so what we're doing there with the episode names is, is it's going to be whiskey drinks, because both of us like whiskeys. Um, <clears throat> and the Alabama Gentleman is a drink that I got introduced to at a whiskey bar here in Birmingham, Alabama. And it, it is a combination of Gentleman Jack <clears throat> and Buffalo Rock ginger ale. And so I talked to Hapa about this drink. And, uh, you know, the, the interesting thing about it is the Buffalo Rock ginger ale. Because when I say Buffalo Rock ginger ale, people are like, oh, ginger ale. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That is not, <laughs> that's not what I'm talking about. And even Hapa, I mean, you, I, I think when we talked, you were like, oh, it's, it's ginger ale. I'm like, mm. Maybe. Yeah. And so yeah, Buffalo yeah. Rock uh, is is unique to Alabama. It's only sold in Alabama. And uh, so I decided, hey, whenever we got together, and this is going to be right segue incoming, spoiler alert. But when we were going to get together, 
uh, we were both going to be headed to Baton Rouge. I was going to take a case of Buffalo Rock ginger ale to, to Hapa so that he could experience an Alabama gentleman uh, firsthand. So, you know, with if you can secure a Buffalo Rock ginger ale, you can make an Alabama gentleman. I will tell you, it is you're spot on when you say it's no, 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 it's not. It's not just ginger ale. It's. It's a bit spicy. It's a it, it's yeah, a little spicy. Our, our buddy Deacon, how did Deacon handle that ginger ale the first time? You, 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 I'm gonna pop a ginger ale and take a, a swig, right? Yeah. So, 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 I when he went to grab it, so it, we had just got back from from that on that drive from back back from Baton Rouge. So we were hot, we were tired. He wanted something cool to drink. He wasn't quite ready to start drinking, drinking yet. So he grabbed it out of the fridge, and I kind of I kind of looked at him like. And he was like, what? I said, just, it's a little bit spicy. It's not normal ginger ale. He's like, whatever. He cracked it open and he took a swig and Deacon has a very specific face that he makes <laughs> when something doesn't make sense to him. And he made that face and then he took another sip and then he made that face again and he put the can on the counter and was like, nah, man. <laughs> he was done. Because, yeah, it's... Uh, it's a little spicy. It is. It is. And when you mix it, but when you mix it with uh, yeah. a whiskey, it's a very good mixer. It is a fantastic mixer. Now, some people do. Some people do like to drink it. Just Buffalo Rock ginger ale straight. Yeah. Look, there's not a lot. My, my daughter loves it. But there's not a ton of people who will just take that and plug away at it. I can't. Right. But as a mixer, it's a really good mixer. So Alabama gentlemen, you ever want to make yourself one, get you some gentleman Jack, get you some Buffalo Rock. Um, if you want some Buffalo Rock, meet me somewhere like Happa did yeah, in Baton Rouge. I'll bring you a case. It, so it's delicious, to be honest with you. I liked it. I liked it by itself, too. So. A, yeah, it's good. I, but it is different, right? Like, I was I was. Oh, totally. That. Yeah, totally. It, it's definitely not. I mean, like you said, if you're expecting ginger ale, it, you're wrong. Like, you're just it, it. It It's I think it should be like it should be called spiced ale i mean obviously that would sound like an adult beverage but that's essentially what it is because it has a little bit of ginger to it when you're when you're drinking it because it's yeah, pretty strong yeah, it, it's but. a kick it's not canada dry right yeah, de- definitely it's not. not it's not seagram's right like it's not, it's not <laughs> but that's a decent segue because half of the first subject that we kind of had on our list here we got several sub- yeah, subjects we're gonna hit tonight but uh you know, the first subject we wanted to talk about was it's it's kind of um, because of my schedule. We've we've kind of punted this episode one. We're going to get better. I'm going to be better about being routine on this. So if anyone wants to yell at someone, yell at uh, not yell at someone else. <laughs> but it, I've, we've punted this and we've gotten a little bit further away from the event, event itself. But we wanted to talk about yeah. that time in Baton Rouge. We wanted yep. to talk about the quarters USS kid community meetup that we did that you put together. Right. You organized it. Yep. I was involved in the wings, but it was really it was really you and then so and mg kind of being the hype man for it got a bunch of people like mixed up and involved and yep. people got rolling on it you had sea raptor and and ginger and you know you had people start you know zath and uh deacon came out all the way from california you started having people kind of pile in and it turned yeah into, yeah i mean my god we had rita from <laughs> rita from across the atlantic right so yep. it ended up being an event um with a quite a you know a nice little attendance i was i was very impressed and very happy what about you yeah, I was I was super excited. I mean, so where this all came from was, you know, uh, the World of Warships uh, game. The 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 team, the NA team, started a get together that was called Anchors Away, and um, they were hot and heavy into 
going every single month to a different ship museum and meeting the community members and it was a huge hit like the numbers kept increasing 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 every single meetup <clears throat> obviously covid hit um and we shut down the office essentially i think march april i can't remember now off the top of my head um of 2020 and obviously all the anchors way stuff stopped cold turkey say, like they did you say we because we haven't covered that here but when you say oh we, yeah what you mean is you used to work there yes and you were yeah. part of putting this yeah together. okay yeah, so I was I was the one of one of the community managers that helped coordinate these events and run them. Um, I was essentially, you know, like the the face of the company at these events to talk to um, the community members. It's like a mini con, essentially. You know what I mean? You're 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 meeting up with community members. I think when we were on the USS Hornet, we had like 175 people that showed up to the USS Hornet. So it's, you know, they weren't particularly small, but they were really popular. Obviously, when COVID hit, everything shut down. I mean, any event for anywhere, right, stopped permanently, pretty much. Um, and now we were rolling out in 2022. People would have been asking for a long time when that stuff was going to start back up and it 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 honestly just didn't sound like there was going to be much much interest uh in making these happen from the new company or the new employees there because i left and a bunch of other people left and they got a whole new team there um so one day we were i think it was i think you were there too weren't you it was like me Sone, deacon and you might have been there a couple it's been a long time now though but, so i don't i'm not sure if you remember or not but we had mentions like you know it'd be we should just do our own like yeah i was i was there for that yeah and and originally i was like hey you know uh we should do it on the Lexington. That's like a perfect venue. It's a carrier. It's big, you know, beautiful view. It's right on the beach, so on and so forth. And Sea Raptor actually chimed in and was like, hey, well, the last AAT visit that you guys did was on the USS Kid in Baton Rouge. Why don't you do the first, you know, quarters visit at, at the Kid? I was like, home run. So, you know. I wasn't ante anticipating too much of too much interest in it because, to be honest with you, the only advertising we had was just us when we were playing the game or streaming on social media or whatever the case may be. Um, ended up being, I think, a total of 40, 43 people that came out. Um, and I say 43 people, so it was not only, you know, those weren't just World of Warships community members because it was families that were showing up, you know, spouses, girlfriends, whatever the case may be. Um, like you said, Rita came from came over from the UK. We had uh, people drive down from Tennessee, from Virginia, from North Carolina, from Cali, all the way out from Phoenix um, to come to this yeah, Phoenix, event. Say that again. People from what? Arizona showed yeah, up Phoenix. in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Yeah, man. Yeah, Phoenix. Yeah, man. That was oh, the award for I think they, that was the award for the furthest drive, right? Like that they, the, they drove the five thousand miles across Texas. <laughs> yeah, and, and the six melted tire replacements they had to have along the way. It was like eight miles in Arizona itself, eight miles in Louisiana itself, and five thousand miles through Texas. <laughs> I, I have driven across Texas before, and that is a that is a haul. You know, there's something about road it trips sucks. when you, you kind of measure your progress by states like ticked off the list. And yeah, Texas man. This is just like Nah, man. Yeah. Texas is its own thing. And there's yeah, so there's points where you're like, points. it's just flat, like, just yes, you know. yes. That's it is true. It's not a. There are places that are not particularly interesting to look at. Yes. Road hypnosis is a real thing. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So you said forty some odd people, right? Came to this. Yeah. So. 
and, and my thing was is is you know the anchors away visits with the world worships team their focus was more on events and the game and things of that nature and my goal with this was the reason we were going to a ship museum was to celebrate the museum and the ship and meet each other like that's the the other side of it because a lot of people don't realize or recognize obviously during the covid lockdown you know these ships are just sitting there in salt water and and rotting away and they're not really getting much money and ships like the USS Kid, they get no federal aid. They get no state aid. All the money that they get is purely from ticket sales and donations. So that that was See, to I me. I don't think huge. that everyone knows that. Like you know that, and I yeah. know that now, right? Yeah. I know that because of our first. I think the night of museums that we did, you know, yep. a million years ago. Now it seems like a million years ago. It was two years ago, but right? the yeah. the night of museums, and you and I were talking about it before that. This is when you were a wargaming employee, yep. and we were talking about how these subsidies don't really exist for these these ships and that that's pretty much a rule across the board for most of these yeah, ships right yeah. and um, well it should be clear it should be uh, cleared up that the larger ships so like the carriers the battleships they have funds that often come from federal or state to them um, but that isn't the norm necessarily. So the okay. smaller museums like the kid, um, there's one up in, in Washington that I always forget the name of that. I can't remember um, some of the smaller ones. They don't get that because they're considered big enough, quote unquote, to get the to hit the wickets, whatever they need to to get that money. You know, what hit I mean? the wickets. Yeah, man. Oh, you like that word? Wickets. It's a good. It's a good. That one. was. Uh, yeah, that's a. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. So these ships, we, we go down to Baton Rouge and I want to talk about Baton Rouge in a second, too. Yeah. Because the town was great. It was a great Hell town yeah. to go to. Um, but the USS Kid was incredibly gracious. I you were an in on that. Right. You'd done work with some of those folks before. You knew some of those folks, yep. but they were amazing. Oh, yeah. To deal with. Like the people there are great. The museum is really cool. If you get a chance to go, you go. You go to the museum, so it's on the Mississippi, right? You go to the museum, and there's actually a steamboat launch, like right up, and that's a that surprised me. That was an yep. actual operational riverboat tour. Yeah, man. And there were people in the museum who were from other countries, you know, talking <laughs> talking about a steamboat tour up the Mississippi, and I was like, oh, I don't think I realized that was a real thing. But if you go to the museum, there's some really cool stuff in the museum, lots of models, um, and then you've got the ship itself which is a really good, in my opinion, you've been on more of these ships than I have, yep. but as a museum ship, so that day my daughter was with me, right? And as a museum ship, like if I, I've, let's say the USS Alabama, you go see the USS Alabama in Mobile, you're going to spend an entire day on the Alabama itself. Yeah, like go ahead just, and just, just the four ship. Four plus hours, yeah. just the ship, right? You're not talking yep. about the drum, which is next to it. You're not talking yep. about the museum, which has got all the other stuff in it. Just the ship. Now, on the kid, you're talking about an hour, hour and a half, and you've seen everything in pretty much detail. So it's a really nice way to spend a couple of hours when you're down in Baton Rouge. Say you're down for an LSU game or whatever totally. it is. Yeah. Highly recommended. Go buy, <laughs> spend the 30 bucks, go see the ship. Yeah, there's and there's more there than than just the ship too. That a lot of people don't realize like their uh, uh, their space museum is right 
like not even a block down the road. They've got a history museum. The state capitol, which is a historic building, Dude, is right the there. The old state like, capitol. Oh yeah. my god. The old state. We we took that tour. Oh my gosh. If you didn't, did you get a chance to do that? I didn't get to. I plan on next time I go back. Yeah. The thing about Baton Rouge is like there's a, a downtown area which is just extremely walkable. It's an incredibly walkable area, and like the old, the old uh, state building. You get to go in the Capitol and see where you know, right. see where the Senate was meeting. All this other thing. It's unbelievable, and it's just gorgeous. Right? It's just gorgeous. It's the old. There's a lot of influences in the state of Louisiana, Spanish, French, um, you know, and then obviously from the islands, right? So there's all these influences that impacted that town, and uh, and that's that building is is definitely worth the tour, and yeah. the food, by the way. Yeah. Oh my goodness. You can't sneeze at the food, man. Like, <laughs> the food was so... I mean, I wouldn't try to take a guess at... I, I gained weight, I'm sure, while we were there. Like, it was just amazing. All the... The seafood alone, I mean, it just amazing. And you you couple that in... I See, people were telling me, like, go to New Orleans, go to New Orleans, go to New Orleans. I've been to New Orleans, and I'll be honest with you, I actually prefer Baton Rouge over New Orleans. Like, there's a lot to see in New Orleans, but the, the, the ambiance and everything... There in Baton Rouge is just much more relaxed and easygoing and just fun. Um, I mean, I, I I I loved it. And like you said, the staff on the USS Kid, Todd Todd Malden and, and Tim Nesmith are easily some of the the most friendly professionals that I've ever worked with. Um, Tim and I still every now and then shoot messages back and forth on on Instagram, just sending stupid memes and stuff and. You know, he, he'll share pictures of projects that he's been working on or whatever the case may be. And but but, yeah, if you guys ever get out to Louisiana, you need to drive. I don't know what the the time difference is drive wise from New Orleans to Baton Rouge. I think it's a couple hour drive or an hour and a half, something like that. Um, <clears throat> hands down worth it um, in in. I can't say thank you enough to, you know, the 40 plus people that came out because the money that we raised for the USS kid, I mean, it, it helps them immensely because they have to pay for dry dock time. And they don't, a lot of people also don't understand that all these, these ship museums, they fight for time in the dry dock with the U S mil U S Navy. So they don't just contract to a dry dock, pull their ship in. If if they're in the dry dock even and there's a warship that needs repairs, they literally stop what they're doing, pull the kid out, swap the ships out and, and do their thing. And that costs money. Uh, um, seriously, I didn't know that. Yeah. And, and so it's it's a a huge bill to those 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 ship museums specifically and it was like i think it's like twelve dollars a ticket is essentially what we paid so you take that twelve dollars you multiply it by 40 plus um i just recently got done ginger sea raptors wife did t-shirts she did pint glasses she did um the t-shirts the, the t-shirts were really cool. amazing amazing yeah, yeah those really cool. uh tumblers we just uh, she just did the math and we're donating an additional two hundred dollars to the museum on top of the ticket sales uh, from that. So, I mean, it's just I can't you know, I can't um, I can't talk more positively about it. I, I was really happy with how everything turned out. It was amazing. Yeah, the experience so, was fantastic. Baton Rouge is easy yeah. to get to. Um, you know, it, it was a great set of people that I <clears throat> this is my first community event. 
with the, the World of Warships oh, really? community, which, you know, okay. yeah, I'd never done a community event, right? So this is this was the first one I had done, and I was like, all right, how's this going to go? This is, we've talked about this community, that community a bunch, and again, we weren't, we're not here to talk about gaming, but that community was fantastic. Like, it was Amazing. really cool to get to hang out with yeah. people. Like, there was some people that I met that, uh, you know, I got, I got handed a, a bottle of whiskey from someone in the community. They, they, they'd gone out of their way to bring me a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Uh, that is super cool. You know, like, it's a really good group of folks. Everyone was so friendly. So when we do the next one, Hapa, when you put together the next one, and I'm going to go, right? So when you do the next one, everyone needs to make a point to, to take, you know, whatever the effort is and, and make the trip. It's worth it. Yeah, I. If anything, it's just you know meeting, meeting other people that you've been sitting behind a computer monitor and keyboard, playing games with possibly for years. So it's it's definitely worth the trip. And again, it's always it's all for a good cause because history is important, right? So um, at least in my opinion, you can't you can't get a better way. You can't figure a better way to help. I mean, you know. So yeah, and if you're going to Baton Rouge. <laughs> Go to Cecilia's. Oh, that's man. my recommendation. Go get the food at Cecilia's. That's my that is my recommendation. I Go wanted to just it. like, just like, can can I get a couple meals to go and just you know? Yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, the etouffee was great. Right, the creme brulee mm. was amazing. Um, you know, they just the the drinks were really good. It was a a really good <clears> evening. <throat> if you're in Baton Rouge, go by Cecilia's. Check it out. Uh, they were great to us. They took care of us. Yeah. And, and they will take care of, of folks down there. But that was the case in every restaurant we went to, right? It, it's 100%. just a cool town. It's not a big tourist town, right? So they, they treat tourists with a little different uh, a little different take than maybe like if you're in New Orleans, right? New Orleans is a tourist town, and yeah. the people there treat tourists a certain way. Baton Rouge was really thankful to have some tourism. And uh, LSU was out at the time, right? They so were. So yep. it wasn't in. Yep. And so you could tell the restaurants were like, please come on in, right? Like yeah, it was yeah, a, yeah. It was a really, really, really great welcoming experience, and I, I, I will do it again if we do the USS Kid again. The thing that made me really happy, too, is because everyone was like, oh, you did it during Memorial Weekend. It's going to be crazy. And it, it really was not. It wasn't bad. It, mm-hmm. it was great, I thought. Like, I thought it was great. We had the, we were sitting around having drinks. We were in the hotel. So we're in the, down, we're in the hotel bar, and there was, there was like 10 of us, right? And so we're yeah. hanging out in the hotel bar. The only thing we saw or heard at that point was the bike brigade. Oh, yeah. The, 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 the people on the trikes. Yep. And so there was, I mean, there had to be a hundred of yeah, these yeah. people who had the, the trikes, right, all decked out with LEDs. So all of the, all the computer gamer people, you know, should be cool. With that. <laughs> it, was like, it was like LEDs. Yeah, but what, yeah. <laughs> what was funny to me was the, <laughs> the amount of speakers. So loud. Holy crap. <laughs> so loud. I'm a musician. I have been on stage next to a metal drummer, and I will tell you that was loud. <laughs> it was. You could definitely hear them coming before they passed easily. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, my kids were up in the room. My wife and I were at the table hanging out with Hapa and, and Rita and, and Deacon and some of the other folks that were there, and my kids are texting me like, oh, my God, do you hear that? Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a really cool town. It was it was worth doing, and I'm, I will look forward to doing it again, but I'll look forward yeah, to whatever event we put together again, and everybody should keep their ears on about that. Yeah, hopefully. I, I, I honestly would probably need to figure out a way to get the word out a little bit more. I would love to see it, you know, continue to grow. Hopefully word of mouth will will make it grow. But um, yeah, hopefully it's all just money. Next time. Yeah, man. It's all just money. Hapa. If you're going to spend money, <laughs> you can get the word out, I think. 
which is my weak ass attempt. I just, print, I just print tickets. <laughs> that was my checks. weak attempt at a segue into the next thing we wanted to talk about, uh, which is the very we have been following. Let's be honest. It's been a roller coaster, man. It, it has. And we were going to talk about this in the next episode of the podcast yeah. when we originally talked about it. Like, so it happened. I put it on there and we were talking about Elon <laughs> Musk buying Twitter. Yeah. And so we were like, we're going to talk about that in the next podcast. Well, it has been what, almost two months since the last one. And we kept, you know, going back and forth and being like, we were texting each other. And it was like, are we still going to get to talk about it? Because it's an interesting subject. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're still going to get but, Well, thank God he dragged it out, I guess. <laughs> yeah. He, he, okay, so Happa got on the phone with Elon Musk and was like, look. I said, hey, man, I, I, I got it. I, I got I got. I need you to hold out because Seven's busy. So <laughs> Seven's not working out right now. You got to drag this thing out. You got me, Elon. And so Elon Musk took it on the chin, lost half yeah, his man. stock value in the process. Jesus. <laughs> so so this, we get to talk about the story from the beginning, right? Which yeah. was Elon Musk tweeted, I'll give you $44 billion for Twitter. No holds barred, right? Which, I'll give you $44 billion for Twitter right now. No holds barred. Approve it. I'm in. And for and him, it's probably that at that time it was a drop in the bucket, right? At the time, I'm sure. Yeah, he was probably high. Well, let's be yeah. honest. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I mean, Seems legit. You know, I mean, the guy is a Twitter troll. Yeah, he really is. Like he's, he, you know, he's he's going to get caught at some point by the SEC. Like, there's all this stock manipulation oh, yeah. and stuff that swirl, swirls around him all the time. And so, I'm going to buy Twitter for forty four billion dollars. Twitter's stock just went. Uh, what do I do? You know, every investor was like, "What do I do here?" And the board at Twitter was like, "Okay." <laughs> and I don't think Elon Musk was ready for that. Yeah, I, I I would believe that he was expecting some kind of negotiation. Yeah, not they just were like, all right. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> and so Elon Musk goes into immediate. Ah, well, you know, uh, it depends. The problem is, he signed on a line which is dotted, that said it doesn't depend. And so he was like, "Well, Twitter's full of bots," and I. And the reason I want to buy Twitter is because it's full of bots and I can fix it. And so then he said, the reason I don't want to buy Twitter is because it's full of bots and I can't fix it. <laughs> and so now there's this situation where Twitter is apparently going to take the dude to court. And as of today, the news as of today is all of his stalling tactics got denied, flat. Done. Yeah. And they are going to be in trial in October. Yeah. I don't know if you saw that today, but there's the announcement was a, ju a judge said, nope, this is going to court. You're going to be in the courtroom in October. So my question is this, when he goes into court and cause, cause you were mentioning how Tesla's stock is tank. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing though. When you mentioned that to me before we started, I didn't think about this. He sold, didn't he sell all of his Tesla stock? I, I know he liquidated either Tesla or SpaceX, one or the other, his personal stock. He liquidated one of them before announcing that he was gonna buy Twitter. Now looking back on hindsight, that makes sense why he did that now. Yeah, I'm not sure which, if, I don't know, the, I'd have to look that up. Yeah, I would I, say that my understanding was he was gonna borrow money against Tesla to buy Twitter. But yeah, I don't know, I don't know the answer to that. It was Tesla, you think? Okay, fair enough. 
So user. No, no, is I saying, don't. I don't know. I am saying I don't know. You no, no. User roll in chat is just is saying he thinks it was Tesla. I remember. I specifically okay. remember. I want to say a good month before he announced he was looking at buying Twitter, he liquidated one of his stocks. So now, so you're looking back. Now, timing makes us now. So, but I'm wondering, like, how much that I, I mean, I'm sure that's public knowledge. You could probably dig and find out how much it was. Uh, at the I mean, time, it's but. supposed to be, but Elon Musk is not the standard CEO. He does what Elon Musk does. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Our Lord and Savior does do what he wants to do. So, yeah, I mean, the guys, the guy does, I mean, basically dances between the rain, raindrops. You know, most CEOs cannot do the kind of things, the, the market manipulations and the kind of things that we know he does, right? It's not like it's a question. Right, right. Um, and so, you know, the, the case of Twitter, both stocks, right? So Tesla stock, I mean, look, if you're an investor in Tesla, let's say, you know, we're, I'm not talking about fans of the car. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an investor in Tesla. I yeah. expect this company to make money. I, that is yeah. my expectation of the company. I've invested yeah. for that purpose. I don't want my CEO distracted with, I'm buying social media accounts, right? At the end of the day, when, when you've got investors who are very serious people, <laughs> right? They, like the, the, the general community of, community of investment is there to make money. And they're yes. very serious about that particular concept. That's why they are there. They don't care about your cars. They don't care about your life. They don't care about that. Yeah. What they care about <clears throat> is when you are so distracted that they feel you're impacting negatively their investment and they bail out, right? And so you see the Tesla stock is just in a, it, you know, it's, it's had a couple of bumps lately, right? It, but it is in a, since, uh, let's see, when do we got? April, since April the 4th, and I don't know what day that he tweeted that stuff, right? But right. since April the 4th, the Tesla stock has been basically in a fall and plateau situation. And that cannot feel good for the, man, the world's richest man. I guess the problem I have with that, and obviously this doesn't have necessarily to do with investing, right? But if you're somebody who is looking to invest in a company, you're going to, like you said, I'm, I'm wondering whether it's making money or not. And I don't know, in the times that we're in right now, I don't foresee Tesla not making money. So mm -hmm. I, I suppose the worry is so much as, like you said, that he's going to be so distracted that he just doesn't they think the company's just going to fold essentially yeah i mean look if anybody out there wants seven's opinion on this and no one does but i'm gonna offer it right you, yeah, can, you can fast forward you want to hear it here go <laughs> yeah i wrote a song about it like to hear it here it go all right so um here's the thing i'm not going to talk about my personal or professional life here but i will tell you i have a knowledge of that industry automotive and what I will tell you is there's an awful lot of automotive companies out there. In other words, car, car companies, companies who know how to build a car properly. Right, right. Who are waiting on the electric vehicle concept to be proven. Right. Right. So there, there are sharks in those waters who have been swirling and circling. Elon Musk and Tesla, and to some extent, some of the other manufacturers have done a really good job of proving that there is a market for people. There's a market that wants to buy an electric vehicle, a full, full electric. I'm not talking about hybrid. Right. So Toyota, who was the first on hybrids, right? But yep. Now you've got, all of a sudden, Toyota, yep. Audi, Mercedes, for crying out loud, the F-150, the Mustang, right? Yep. Ford has yep. dove in. So now you have companies who know how to build cars profitably saying, we're going to compete with you. So Tesla has never had to weather that competition. Yeah. 
And I'm not saying they can or can't do it. What I'm saying is, if I'm an investor, I'm going to look at that and I now have other companies that I can put my money into. And I have to ask the question, do I have more faith in Ford or do I have more faith in Tesla? And part of that equation is how the CEO is handling business. Yeah, it's kind I, can of totally, I can totally see that. Yeah. The, the only problem I have with that, and this is, now, don't get me wrong, I only know three people that own Teslas, but those three people, and I'm going to assume that they're a sub, like, subsection of the populace, there's people that are like, Ford is the best truck out there, and Chevy, like, yeah. Tesla yeah. owners love talking about their Teslas. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, like a Subaru owner. Yes, hundred right? percent. Subaru, like you, you see it all the time, right? There's so few cars that are like. But you're right. You're right. hundred percent. It's like Corvette owners, right? There's a, you know, it's people join the BMW club when they right. buy BMW, right. right? Like they're into it. They're into yes. it. It'll be fascinating to watch. I don't really care. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't the, either. The broad spectrum, but the entertainment value that Elon Musk brings the world, man, it's a oh, nice diversion from all the other stuff. I guess for me, it's like when when you have incidents like, you know, there's there's so much trial and error that Tesla has put into their auto drive and so much work that they've they've put into iron out the issues that I'm sure that, you know, when you get into the corporate espionage side of the house, that that's probably going Mm -hmm. full tilt right now. Yeah. Because all these other companies are like, all right, well, we're getting government subsidies or whatever to start building electric vehicles. So we've got to figure this stuff out now, too. Well, it's already been done. So why don't we just buy a Tesla and tear it apart and figure it out, you know? But, sure. And the market but, for it has been proven, right? It's a fast follow industry, right? Yeah. The the person that – so DeLoreans, right? You go all the way back. Look, there's a yeah. of these examples. You go all the way back. No one in the automotive industry you – know, there's like retail, right? It's like finance. Right? There's all these industries. They're very mature. And so you go back and you're like, wow, I don't want to be the first to cross the finish line. Yeah. Because every the big guys are waiting, right? Yep. The big ones are waiting and they're watching. Yep. And if, if you identify a market and you're like, you know what people really want is, is cars that are red. And no one's ever built a red car before. Well, okay, I've built a red car. All right, well, for two to five years, you're going to be the red car guy. The, yeah. Right, you're the red car guy. But there's nothing stopping from us, all of us from building red cars too. And we're just going to start building red cars. And now, you know what we get to say? We're the Cadillac of red cars. Yeah. <laughs> right? like yeah, you did so it first, but we do it better. Right, right. And, and I can say that. It doesn't mean anything. I can be Mercedes, the best or nothing. Right? I can do that. <laughs> right. And so um, I think Tesla, I think you hit on something really interesting for me, right? And when I think about Tesla. And, you know, Tesla is what we're sitting here talking about. So there's a brand level conversation to be had. But the reason we're talking about Tesla is why? Because we started a conversation about Elon Musk and Twitter. So can the CEO of Tesla be removed and it still be Tesla? And that's a really, I I feel like we're going to find out in October. I really do. I I feel like that he's going to be held accountable for, you know, whatever this is. So here's my question. Do you think the same thing would happen if the CEO of Ford said he was going to buy Twitter? Who's the CEO of Ford? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like yeah, a CEO, a CEO's job is not to be known. Yeah. This, this, this Tony Stark mindset, right? This, this, <laughs> this ideology that I am the CEO, therefore I should be the most famous, richest person on the planet. It feels really good to someone's ego, but you're oh, just sure. building a cult of ego. Yeah, it's not yeah. an effective business practice. Yeah. 
right? Tim Cook, you know what people say about Tim Cook, right? Yeah, it's Steve Jobs. Oh, we love Steve Jobs. We worship Steve Jobs, right? That's great. Tim Cook, eh, we don't know. He's a great guy. Yeah, who's that guy? Him. <laughs> yeah, he's a super nice dude. But that's the problem. Yeah, right. That people have with him. It doesn't matter that he built the most viable <laughs> company in the history of Earth. Right. But he's doing a really good job. So from an investor standpoint, when I look at that, I'm going to be like, I don't care if people like him. He's building a great company. Yeah, so it's going to be yeah. really interesting as October gets here and as we see all this happen, right? How's that going to go, right? Because Twitter may change hands. Interesting. We may actually yeah. have a situation where Twitter finds itself purchased by someone willing to buy it outright that doesn't want it. How fascinating <laughs> would that be? Doesn't want it. <laughs> yeah. You're going to have a cut. They're literally going to force him at this point now to spend the money that he already said he was going to and then said he wasn't going to to buy a company that he did want and now doesn't want. <laughs> yeah. So some judge is going to be like, hey. Oh, my God. Hey, Citibank. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tap Elon Musk's bank account for $44 billion. And they're going to be like, sir, that is 0.0003% of his total wealth. And they, yeah, tap it. He's buying Twitter. Okay. Yep. And yeah. so they're going to make him have Twitter. <laughs> He's going to yeah. be... So imagine now him being the CEO of Twitter, you know, Jack Dorsey's out, right? Like imagine Elon Musk being the CEO of this thing. And he's like, I hate it. I hate everything about it. It's a prison. I don't want to be here. (laughs) I don't want to be here. (laughs) I don't want to be here. So we may get to answer the question happening in October. Let's do this in October. And we may get to answer the question. The next podcast is October? (laughs) Well, that'll be episode three. We'll do one between now and then. <laughs> but we may get to answer <laughs> through you, man. But we may get to answer the question: What can make social media worse? So, what a question! What a great question to get to answer. What well, could possibly make it worse? Well, what if the CEO wanted it to die? <laughs> what if he chases it to murder? It won't be meta; it'll be murder. Yeah, you got. Yeah, you know my thoughts on. I mean, you and I have talked yeah, about man. social media yeah, quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, so like I think it's you know. It's got some superpowers and it's got some super evils and we got to figure that out. And hopefully the generation that come, we invented it. <laughs> Our generation invented it. Here's oh, totally. Pandora's box. Yeah, right? yeah. But I hope and the then generation run. that comes after us figures it out. Right. Like how do we actually psychologically deal with yeah, totally. 125,000 people telling me I suck. <laughs> right. Because my hair wasn't parted on the right side. Exactly. Yeah. And if you guys are interested about our thoughts specifically on social media and all of that, definitely go back and look at the pilot because the figures and the data that Seven dug up were it blew me away. I did not ex- I did not anticipate nor expect nor think uh, about the idea of the business model of social media. And when you put it in perspective of the numbers, it's actually quite compelling to to think, wow, like. How how are you making such an impact in the world? I don't understand. Like, yeah, I think sense. that you know, and I'm not. I, this is not on our list, so I'm not going to go into it. But TikTok yeah. right is in the news now because oh, yeah. it is the most snooping of ever snooping. Yes, right. There's never been anything that has snooped as much as TikTok. So there's going to be legality well, questions around. Do you know why? Do, do you know why it, it's such a? I guess invasive is a good word. Uh, social media platform. Who created it? I have what? Yeah. Yeah. Well, go ahead and say it. Uh, China created it. It's yeah. the same as it's the same as WhatsApp. They create. Well, I don't know if it's WhatsApp. I think there was a version of it before. And because 
globally, social media wise, um, the numbers that are of social media platforms that are used, it, it isn't like number one Facebook number. No, it's WhatsApp, actually. Like all of South America, all of Asia uses WhatsApp. That's like their yeah. primary thing. And, you know, there you go. That's that's why it's, they have the ability to grab so much data on their own people from that because well, everybody's got it on their that? phone. So 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 Facebook, let's talk about Facebook. Right? That was the original actor who was like, I'm going to steal as much data as I can from you. Yeah. And I'm going to sell it to advertisers. And most people yep. didn't care. Yep. Right at the time, and the anyway. type of. Well, but think about the type of data, right? So the type of data they were taking matters. So the type of data they were taking is who do you have a relationship with? What kind of you yep. post? When do you post? What kind yep. of things are you looking at? Now, they did some yep. really shady stuff experimenting with, will this make people you know, very sad if I show them only sad things right. on their feed? And the answer is yes, people will up to and include commit suicide yeah, because yeah. of their Facebook feed. That, that yeah. is the answer. Right? And, and I think that the Facebook folks should probably have to answer for some of those very knowingly, those actions they yeah. took. But when you look at TikTok, let's talk about the data, right? So let's combine this with something really interesting. And this actually leads into the segue. This is a much better segue than the first one, by the way. So <laughs> the, this actually works because, like, what TikTok is collecting, if you combine it with one very important thing, deep fakes. I now oh, have yeah. your voice and I have your face. And I have it in a million different ways. Right, so I can fake a lot of things with your information, but now I also have the data of Facebook or whoever, Google, whoever we talk about, right? That if you go back yep. to the first, the pilot episode, all these companies are trying to collect this data and TikTok is just the most successful at it, right? So there's legality questions there. Do we care, right? First as a society, do we care? Maybe we don't, I don't know, I do, right? But maybe we as a society aren't really concerned right. about that. Right. But if we are, this is the, you know, this is the worst actor, right? And it. It leads into the segue, right? Which is the conversation about, let's talk about the movie Don't Look Up. Yep. So you recommended this movie to me. Uh, I took way too long to watch it. And I, I actually watched it two nights ago. I think I was texting you the whole time. Yep. And I was yep. like, what? dude, what? Yeah. And, yeah. and what was fascinating about that movie is what we were just talking about, right? Um, the prevalence of social media and how it controls how we think. And it does. Right. Hap and I talk all the time. He has absolutely got the ability to impact how I think about things. There's no dodging that. Yeah. Right? Same thing with you. That's how you yeah. choose your friends. Right. Yeah. And if it's a real friendship, it's like, hey, I value what you say and I can impact stuff. And watching that movie, while it was a little bit on the nose. Right. If you go watch it on your first your first pass, you're going to be thinking, OK, I get it. That was really on the nose. There's a lot of nuance to that movie that I have processed over the past couple of days that I found fat. The layers were fascinating to me. What I've been telling everyone is, first of all, if, if you're watching the podcast, listening right now, you need to watch the movie. It's on Netflix before it goes off. You need to go watch it. And there's a reason we're going to get to that when we're, we're talking about, you know, uh, throughout this. But and I would I would suggest to you, you've had a, you have a couple weeks or a month to, to, to think about the movie and let it rattle around up your brain and then go watch it again. And you're going to, okay. you're going to, you're going to pick more up and be like, Oh, how did I miss that? Like, 
because I watched it a second time, like a couple months later. I watched it, and then when Rita came to visit, we watched it together again. Okay, and so there you was watched it more than once. Yes, and and there was things I picked up that I 100% missed the first time. I don't know. I didn't. I don't care who the director was or none of that crap. All I know is whoever it was was a genius because the way that they put the interweaving of fiction and reality into that movie is just insane. The 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 how social media and our the, this damn thing, <laughs> yep, runs our lives is just well, there's nuts. A, there's an Elon Musk character in the movie. Yep. Right? And, and it's a caricature. And I'm going to try to dodge spoilers. I think we both are. But, you know, the the Elon Musk character in the movie is 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 always got one of these, you know, one of these devices. Yep. And one of the comments. So one of the things I thought about was one of the comments was I can try. I can tell you how you're going to die. Right. Which is a, it, it's hilarious. Right. The movie is a very dark comedy. So if you're wondering yeah. about the movie, yeah. it is yeah. a dark comedy. Think about it like idiocracy might be. You know, it's a it's an indictment. It's on a society. modern a modern idiocracy, right? Like it, <laughs> but it is fun. It's fun to watch. It is a yeah. fun, entertaining movie to watch. But it leaves you if you want it with something to digest. And the guy says, "There's something that really has struck me over the past day or so." Right? I'm still processing the die alone comment. Yeah. Right, and and how that played out was really. Very interesting. And it's like that kind of tagged in my brain that I need to watch that again. So I'm glad that you're telling me, hey, that's probably worth a second watch. I'm telling you. That dug in and I was like, oh, man, okay, so there was this comment and there was this whole thing and it was like 99.6 or whatever you said the number was. Right. And so then you're talking about defying the odds. You're talking about all these other things that occur. Like, how do I defy that? So it's a really if people haven't watched it, I'm with you. You recommended it to me. I'm going to say I wholly recommend it. There's a lot of scary things in it, too, because it's not just a, a a like social experiment or discussion on social media in general. There's also a discussion on how or an example on how like politicians use <laughs> that to manipulate the the thought process of people. And it, it just like because I you see a lot of that stuff. Like if you watch movies like another one that you want to add to your list is Vice. Uh, I don't I'm not trying to get into. Yeah, it's about Dick Cheney. Um, Okay. believe it or not, both dodge. We will both dodge politics here. (laughs) A hundred percent. Yeah, we're not going to dive into that, but I will not get into the politics of the thing. People offering in satirical satire takes on politics, people calling it out, entertainment mediums with which that gets called out. We will absolutely talk about. Yeah. So and. I, so what was it called? It was Vice, is that right? Vice, yeah. And okay. what will right. really blow your mind, let me make sure I got that right. Yeah, it is Vice. Okay. Um, it has a picture of like a, a, a shadow of Dick Cheney, essentially. But it, the actors okay. in it, it has Christian Bale, Steve Carell, Sam Rockwell, uh, Tyler Perry, like all just a crap ton of big name actors that it, essentially it takes place pre 9-11 building up to 9-11 going through uh the war in afghanistan war in iraq and it essentially talks about uh how social media the use of words and how people manipulate power in office um it is a 
I would like to say it's satirical, but it's at the same time kind of scary because yeah. um, I, I watched the movie obviously years after 9-11 and all that stuff, and I had been in the Navy and deployed a billion times. I saw a lot of this stuff happening when I was there. Um, which was kind of scary. It kind of the connection's kind of scary. Which, but we won't get into that. Either way, that is another one that's a good one to watch. Just how that stuff. But the, I, the only, it's funny because the reason I brought this up was Christian Bale played Dick Cheney. Okay. And when I say he played, he like you, you're like, holy shit, that's Dick Cheney. That's, Dick Cheney. that's not Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna shoot someone in the woods with a shotgun. That guy. Legit, a hundred percent, nails it. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's just funny because these, I don't know if I'm right or not, but I'm pretty sure that the word satirical essentially means like a spin, a comedic spin on reality, but there's reality baked in there, right? Like, sure. So, but yeah, I, I don't know. Have you seen the, have you seen the documentary, the great hack? I don't think so. So if you'll watch vice, all right, sorry. If you'll watch the great hack, I'll watch vice. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Let's make that. The Great Hack is a fantastic documentary, and it's hard to watch. Like it's going to be hard to sit and watch. It talks, but it talks about the weaponizing of social media. Oh yeah. What's really interesting is, of course, it was weaponized, right? Because what is it? The the game um, Team Fortress Two when they came out with the sniper video, and the guy was like, "Look, as long as there are two people on the world left alive, one person is going to want another person dead." Yep. Right. And so, of course, we weaponize it. We weaponize yeah. everything. We're human yeah. beings. That's what we do. Yeah. And so, yeah, the great hack is about how someone figured out how to weaponize, and, and it, it's you know it, it goes into how that worked and and where it was used and how it was used and who was involved. It's a very, very um, it's not, it is a documentary, right? It is dark because of the the subject matter. But yeah. I, I highly recommend you watch it. I'd love to talk. Even if we don't talk about it on podcast, I would love to hang out yeah. and have a conversation about that. Yeah, so, yeah, I'll watch totally. Vice if you'll watch uh, The Great I add that to my list. For cool. sure. Very cool. So so this is going to be a long subject. Yes. I think our um, timing is pretty spot on, though. Thank you. Thank you. I've been, <laughs> I told you I would work on this. So, uh, so this is going to be... A broad subject. Um, it's something both of us care a lot about, and neither of us would be able to define narrowly. Sure. Right. And so this is likely a thing we're going to talk about ongoing. Right. But the the subject that we were talking about is is what does it mean to Hapa, and and what does it mean to Seven? Right. To to just be a better human. Yeah. Like, what are the what are the markers? Right, what are the things? So, so dig into that for me, Hapa. Tell me about what Hapa fodder. You, you, you've got to. We're gonna need more time. Right? I'm gonna speak. <laughs> I'm gonna speak for you, right? I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell people that that I have. I have gotten a lot from talking to you over the past however long. And without going into any professional careers, I will tell you that, you know, I, I lead a lot of people right in a very demanding world. And some of the conversations you and I have had have been pivotal, yeah. right? To to that. And it's it's hard to just say I'm trying my hardest to be a better human every single day. Yeah. I'm trying to be the best human I can be. Yeah. And so I respect you a lot in that realm. So tell me what your thoughts are on just like in general, where do we start that conversation? I, I, what blows me away is this whole idea of being a better human actually came about to me 
from my time in the military. So if, if you if you think on that for a minute, it kind of it, it's kind of crazy because you're in an institution. And I used to tell my sailors this all the time. What do you do for a living? I'm a sailor. I said, no, that's not true. What you do for a living, you kill people. At the end of the day, that's what the U.S. military, every single person in the U.S. military's job is. I don't care if you're a mailman, if you're whatever. Your actual job is to kill people. And that sounds really dark and horrible, but that's the reality of the thing, right? But where this this whole idea of being a better human came from is an amalgamation of a whole bunch of leaders that I worked with throughout my time in the Navy. Um, well, what... The, the idea behind it is all of us are here together in this together. We have to get through this together, regardless of the day you're having, regardless of where we are, the situations like I don't care what you say. Your day is not worse than mine and my day is not worse than yours. Like we're all having, sure, sure. you know, so why not try to make each other's days better? And in the in the long term, you know, be a better human. And I had a, a commanding officer that every time we pulled into a port somewhere, he would, you know, they like to hear their own voices when you're a commanding officer. And he, but he <laughs> used to, he used to always close the same way. You are U.S. citizens being representatives and ambassadors of the U.S. Navy in the United States. And when I expect you to go out into wherever it is, I need you to be a better human being than you might be on a day to day basis and understand that your folks back home or your your wife, your you know husband, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever the case may be, is counting on you to put up that front and show that you can be a better human. And it's important. And I always thought, you know, when I was younger, a younger kid in the Navy, yeah, whatever, dude, where's my beer? You know, like, <laughs> whatever, dude, I don't care. Until, as horrible as it sounds, until I had a sailor commit suicide on me. And it was one of okay. the sailors right, that so, worked so, for me. So existential, pivotal moment in your life. Woke the, the, me the fuck up. Excuse my language. Yeah, I, I, I can I can imagine that would be a thing. Yeah. Um, and, and, and we've never talked about this. So yeah, this, is, yeah. Yeah. So the way I found this out, out was I had left, uh, prior command and I was the leading petty officer. So the next step up is the chief petty officer. So the chief, I wasn't a chief yet, um, in charge of the division. So you're literally in charge of X amount of sailors. In this case, we had 77, I think sailors at the time. Kids ranging from 17 to in their 40s, okay? okay. Um, officers enlisted, whatever the case may be. Um, and I was the second in line in charge. But I was considered like the front line because I would be the one that was responsible for training, for maintaining military bearing, making sure your uniform squared eight, blah, 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 blah. And a lot of times in that, throughout your day-to-day -day basis, you, you just will ask a sailor, how you doing? Like, hey, how are you? You know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And I would, you know, you always try to remember, like, I, I call it the teacher syndrome. Like, teachers somehow always remember the name of every freaking student. They <laughs> always, like, I never yeah. understood that until I started getting in charge of big groups of people. Um, you know, hey, you know, Carol, how are you doing? How's your wife? How's your, you know, K 
kid, whatever the case may be, so on and so forth, like those types of things. So I transferred off. Every morning, I it was a habit of mine because you did quarters in the morning, which is where we got the name quarters for a meetup, by the way. You meet everybody first thing in the morning. You check everybody out. You make sure everybody's okay. Their uniforms are okay. You tell everybody what you're going to do for the day. You break. And everybody goes and cleans their spaces. I made it a point to, during that time when everybody's cleaning, I would walk around everybody's shops and individually, face-to-face, every single sailor that I owned, try to find them and just see how they were doing. That was something I did on a day-to-day basis. I used to get yelled at all the time by my chief because he was like, it's a huge waste of time. We've got 70, you know, 70-some sailors. You're wasting a couple hours worth of time. You could be doing this, that. Chief, I don't care. These are my sailors. It's very important to me, blah, 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 blah. So I did that every single day, and I left. I transferred off. I went across the country to Newport, Rhode Island. I started teaching officers or whatever. Um, phone rings at f- it would have been four in the morning. It was four in the morning my time, which means it was one in the morning my chief's time. And my I chief, think. West Coast. Yeah, he was West Coast. I was East Coast. And I answered the phone. I was like, I didn't recognize the number, but it was a 619 number, which is San Diego. So what the hell? So I answered the phone and, and uh, you know, he says my first name. And I was like, Chief? He goes, no, this is Dave. I was like. I, I chief because you, you don't call each other by your first name he's like no he called me by my first name again and he was like this is a you know I'm talking to you as Dave right now just so you know John Carroll passed away last night I immediately sat up in my you know my bed like what what the how he 20 24 year old kid they were pure side weren't doing operations no reason for it I said how like how what happened blah 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 he 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 uh, had a, a demon get to him last night, and he took his own life, unfortunately. Wow. Um, wow. And I didn't recognize this. And, and we, so he and, he and I talked for like an hour and a half trying to, you know, because that's the worst thing you could ever imagine, you know, uh, ever having to do is a funeral for one of your own sure. people. Because you're a family, right? Um, right. And I didn't recognize until I hung up the phone. The reason that my chief was calling me wasn't. To necessarily inform me, he was venting. He had nobody to hmm. vent to. Um, that's what, that was the first name. That was the. It wasn't an official. Exactly. Call. Exactly. What was not an official call. It yes. was a. This is why I'm using my first name. Yes. I got to talk about something because he was hit hard too. Apparently. Yes. And at the at nearing okay. the end of that call, the the reason it struck me was because he's he said a few things, and there's always people hindsight, right? I could have done. X. I could have. I should have done X. I could have. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. And and I said, Chief. You know, I. You're wrong. First of all, because at that time I was actually, um, I had actually gone through training to be a suicide prevention awareness counselor. So I had gone through all like. So when you go through all these trainings, you know, like. You know, I know it's a heavy subject. We're sorry talking about that, but it's like, you know, yeah, when someone yeah, makes yeah. that decision, you make that decision. So, but one of the things that struck me, he was like, he apologized to me. He said, I am sorry that I used to berate you for taking time talking to every <laughs> no, he's, single sailor. He's going all the way back and saying, hey, Happa, right? Yep. It's not your name. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> as much as it may surprise people, that's not Happa's real name. But he's saying, right. hey, Happa. You used to do this thing. I used yep. to I used to get on you for it. And I'm calling to let you know that you were right. Yep. 
And he told me straight up, he was like, I will never stop regretting that I didn't do that as a chief. Wow. Because in his in his eyes, because he was still there, he was still in charge of them. Yeah, this really landed heavy on on this guy. Yeah. And and for him, that was his come to Jesus moment, obviously. And he was like the hey, how you doing? Just that simple little line to a sailor in his mind could have saved John's life. Right. Right. And, and so he and I, after that part of our conversation, we kind of moved on to the whole, you know, our, our captain at the time used to always say that be a better human, you know, be a good ambassador, so on and so forth. And he, you know, he used to also say the other line, which I told you about, which is if your people don't know their value, they have none. Dude, that line, I have taken that and I cannot tell you, I cannot tell you how many times I have used that. If, and yeah. I want to repeat it because, look, people may or may not listen to this, but there is going to be some gold in these. Yeah. And and this and that's in any any facet of life, by the way, uh, that is. specific it is. But to repeat it, if your people don't know their value, they have none. Let that sit for a minute. I'm going to say it one more time. If your people don't know their value, they have none. Yep. Every leader everywhere should have to hear that and reckon with it. Yeah. Because like it hit me hard when you and I talked about that, right? That that was like, all right, you know what? I lead a lot of people. You've led a lot of people. Yeah. Right? So there's an existential moment where it's like <laughs> you are responsible for some form of their reality. Yeah. There's no dodging it. You cannot yeah. say I'm not. Now, how much of that? That may vary. But you are responsible for some amount, some piece of their reality revolves around how you treat them. Yeah, hundred percent. It could so be your chief, it, right? Your chief's it, dealing with this, right? Your chief's calls yeah. you up and is dealing with yep. this. Yep. Come to this realization. That that's the realization. Yep. Right. That has obviously struck this this person and is like going through existential crisis moment. Uh, my boy Happa was right the whole time. <laughs> How did I not see that? Right. And I'm not, it's not a, you're right thing, but it is legitimately a, an empathetic leadership thing, right? That is what you were doing, which is yeah. look, the Navy is notoriously slow yeah, yeah. to move in that direction. Yeah. The military in general is yeah, right. It's, it's suck it up it's suck it up yeah. soldier, you know, all yep. these things. Yep. But empathetic leadership is going to be the way forward. There, there's no dodging that you were just early to the party. I, and I so wasn't, your chief so, has called you So up. to be clear, I wasn't early to because at that time I had been in Navy for 15 years. The reason that I was the way I was was because of piss poor leadership that I had in the past. And the, I had several I had several run-ins throughout my career where I could have said, you know, screw this and threw in the towel and got out. But I, mm-hmm. whatever reason, it was probably just because I was stubborn. I was like, no, I am going to present the leadership that I believe that should exist at the end of the day. So I know so what let, let, I let see me, what I'm, I'm seeing as a okay, dude. This could go on for hours. Um, and, <laughs> and so, like I said, we're going to continue this on other yeah. podcasts. But let's dig in on that. So I've had a, a, a you know I've had a a career, right? And um, it has nothing to do with what we're this thing, right? 
that meaning meaning streaming and, and content creation and podcasting is not right. that right that is not neither one of us is paid so much that that is our career right um we're doing this because we like it both of us had to make money somewhere else so we could eat and what's interesting is in in going down that path and talking about how we got there and talking about things like empathetic leadership you're describing something i refer to as anti-mentoring in other words in my career i had a really hard time finding anyone that i wanted to emulate there was there was never a person that i was like you know i'm gonna hook onto that person i'm gonna act like them and i'm gonna ask them questions and they're gonna teach me how to be more like they are it was i had a similar path where i was like that's bullshit I don't want to do that. So I'm going to do something different. And is that what you're describing to me is like, I saw something. It was not what I wanted to be. I wanted to be and represent something else. Is that what you're describing? hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, even, okay. even growing up and I, now that I, I th I've thought about this in the past, it's like a lot of that had to do with my upbringing. Like my parents, my parents always were the, the type of like, you had to be neighborly. You have to be friendly. You have to, oh, you know, kill them with kindness always, like no matter what, you know, kind of thing. My my household was always where people came to to escape other issues, you know, like one of my best friends yeah. growing up, he used to come over to my house because his parents were always yelling at each other. My house was we used to joke was my house was a place you came to take naps because you literally <laughs> it, it was just so laid back. Everybody was just. You know, and and it and that's essentially. I, I was like, I don't. It doesn't make any sense to me why people would like. Why would you not take care of your people with the recognition that your people will take care of you? Like that just doesn't. It never computed with me. I never understood why someone would be a shitty leader. I never understood why people would say they'll do something and not do it. Why you like it? Just it, none of that ever. I never understood it. I remember specifically about ten years in the Navy. I had had a, a specifically hard time. Um, and sorry about the dogs in the back. Apparently, they don't understand that they need to not bark. Uh, <laughs> um, I just I had had an especially bad leader and I had told my dad like look I'm getting ready to get out of the Navy and he's like and what are you gonna do I was like I don't know I'll figure it out he's like no 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 you're at 10 years do another 10 get the hell out if you don't like the leadership that you have make the rank and be the leadership that you you need to <laughs> be have the, be the change you want to be in you exactly be in it's and as corny as it sounded like you know i was like my because my dad was a, a senior chief it's so i was like i senior chief it's true it's so true so completely true and you know, I've had those instances, and I'm sure you've had people that you've worked with where you just want to be like, I, like in your head, you've got like the, uh, I can't remember the name of the movie or the show where they have like a snapshot of what they'd like to do, but they don't actually do it. Um, uh, what was I, that I show? I know, and you, so you know what I'm talking about. But like in yeah, my head, dude, it was Camille Lockhart. <laughs> is that your name? Yes, I, I, I don't remember the name of the show, but. Uh, like a snapshot in my head of me popping somebody in the in the mouth or something they're they're not doing or saying but you know you can't do that so you know kill them with kindness part of it came into that and and so it was like i just kind of that became I don't think institutionalized is like the way to word it, but it just became my being like my house. I've always told my friends. I said it at my retirement dinner to all my sailors. I was like, my, my door is always open. My couch is always free. There's always fridge in the, or food in the fridge. There's a beer in there. You know, if you need a place to hide, you need someone to talk to. My number is always, you know, there, 
And I'm just I've just been that guy. Like I just how I've always looked at things and it's that flowed into the online realm right with social media and content creation and even when I became a community manager it was like one of the most frustrating things for me as a community manager is I couldn't be like hey dumbass there's another human being on the other side of that keyboard why don't you try being a human being and have communication in that you know that fashion and that's not exactly how I would hate to say, you know, 80% of people out there probably think. It's but. more than it's, – it's different than 80%, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think as I've gotten older um, – and I'm much older than people think I am, right? But as I have gotten older, what I've realized is how rare that is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. How rare it is. And, and I think that those people who, who are just that way – right? okay, let's say it this way. No one knows themselves. Right. And that is a truism. Right. So you don't know what a room is like when you're not in it. Yeah. There's no way for you to ever know that. So you do not know you. Yeah. And so what happens is we believe. Right. This is the world as I see it. So there's an, 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 an obvious bias to say then the world must. In, I'm not special. Right. And in the world, if you're in, if you're an introspective human being. So make assumption. Number one, I am an introspective human being. You are right. But. You would say, I'm not special. There's nothing unique about me. So obviously, yeah. what I'm, how I'm thinking, how I'm approaching stuff, there's nothing unique about that. Yeah. But what I have found is that genuinely empathetic approach is far more rare than I originally thought it was. And yeah. I, I can't give you numbers. I can tell you what Gartner says, but I can't give you numbers on just how rare it is. But it's exceedingly rare. Yes. And... Um, I think it's going to be less so. I think the leaders of the generations that follow us, right? I, I do think, I do believe that, and we're seeing this, right? We have our labor movement 2.0 going on right yeah. now in this country, right? Yeah. All yeah, this yeah. stuff going on, right? Like we are, the, the leadership of 10 years from now or 20 years from now is not the leadership of 20 years ago. Correct. That is that is not real. That's not going to happen. That includes the military. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of people struggling with those changes in, in corporate America and military. It's not really unique. How do I lead people who expect to be led from an empathetic point of view? And and I hate to say it, it's unfortunate, but that was one of one of the reasons why I made the decision to retire. Because mm-hmm. when I was sitting in a room of 40 fellow chiefs, like we're all supposed to be on the same level, and there's like two or three people doing what they're supposed to be doing, and the rest of them are trying to do the do as I say, not as I do game. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you guys do realize you're the management, you're the leadership, right? You you have, you can't tell, you know, one of the, the lines I always said, I will never make you do something I have not done or will not do myself, period. And if it's something I have not done or will not do myself, I'll straight up tell leadership, nah, man, we're not doing yeah. it. So that's, that is interesting. So, so I'm going to, I'm going to pull back to the original subject matter. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, which yeah. is, you know, how to be a better human. And I'm going to offer a, a viewpoint, which is, um, so there was a person I used to work with, and, I, and he's one of my dearest friends, and I love the guy. And he's an improvisational actor. And sure. one of the things that he taught me, which was invaluable to me as a human being, invaluable to me in my career, like this has been an invaluable piece of information, is something that is very fundamental when you go and you take an improvisational acting course. It's the concept of yes and. 
Have you ever heard this concept? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the concept of yes and. So the concept is in improvisational work, you can never say no, right? Because if you're in front of an audience of a thousand people and you're improvising with another comedian, the word no breaks everyone's yeah. track. So your job is no matter what occurs, is to say, yeah, and, and what's funny is the very junior improvisational actors will actually, they actually say the words, yes, and, right? And <laughs> you can really see it. Yeah. You know, as people progress through their, hey, I'm, grow I'm growing in this way, you don't actually say the word. You just, yeah. the whole concept is, is to be additive to the other human being, no matter how that human being is acting, yeah. whether you think it's funny or anything else, your job is to add something to someone else's existence. And so yeah. this was like a very fundamental moment for me working with this person and, and being like, you know what? In every situation, it doesn't matter how mad I get. And look, so <laughs> I'm not perfect at it, right? But it's something to aspire to be. When you're dealing with someone who's very difficult to be like, all right, I hear you, right? I got you. I see where you are. How do we get from there to the next step? And so one of the things that really kind of struck me, you know, better human moment, right? Like, what are we going to talk about better human is this concept of rightness. Yeah. And I have dug on this a long time and I'm not going to talk about it all in this, in this, in episode one. However, the concept of rightness is one of the most toxic mindsets I've ever seen because there is a very acceptable alternative viewpoint, which leads to a much better result, which is we're all wrong. Yeah. Let's just be less wrong tomorrow. Right. How do I get less wrong tomorrow? Like the, the mindset of me asking if I were asking you, right. Hey, I, I know I'm not perfect. How do I improve? Is so much different than me saying I'm right. Yeah. <laughs> right. The lockdown on that is is insane and i've been experimenting on that for the past two years at some point we'll talk more about it but when you're talking about being a better human there's an a there's a mindset of right how do i go make someone's life better which is what you were talking about how do i go out i don't care how much energy i expend i don't care if my management's yelling at me i don't care if the i don't it just doesn't matter look the, at the end of the day i care more about how this human being functions than i care about whatever other shenanigans is going on yeah and then how do I stop breaking people down to right or wrong? We're all wrong. Look, at the end of the day, Happa, I'm really smart about some stuff, really smart about some things, and I'm an absolute unmitigated disaster of an idiot <laughs> in other places. And that's true for every human being. Yeah, 100%. So but how do we get I, to I, the point? You know, I think that, that boils ahead. down to one word, humility. I agree. And you know what I'm really proud of you for in this moment? And I'm really excited that we're going to have this conversation in the future. A word you didn't use. Ego. Oh, yeah. I don't got time for that shit. Well, so here's the interesting thing. I had this conversation last week uh, with a, a, a technology executive, right? He's, he's very successful. And we were sure. talking about ego. I don't think it was, ego was a bad thing. I've spent too much time, way too much time in research projects with literal psychologists, PhDs in psychology, ego is by definition someone's definition of self-worth. That's ego. 
So at some point as a society, at some point as a corporations, at some point as whatever, we started saying ego was bad. What we mean is an out of control ego. Yes. We, however, did not take the time to differentiate and talk about the nuance of, I'm not trying to choke out your ego. I'm trying to make you not be an, you know, an insane person about your masochism or narcissism or all these other yeah. things that can come yeah. into play. Yeah. And so what's interesting is we over-indexed and we, we remove people's self-worth. And that's what I think you were talking about. Yeah. You didn't do. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I want to yeah. say you're worth something to me. Yeah. It's worth that investment and something your chief was calling you on and saying, I've learned something about that. Yeah. I need to treat everyone like they have a worth. I need to go around and be like, you're worth something to me. Because the action, the, the thought doesn't mean anything without the action, right? Well, and I think that's where... I, I, you and I have kind of briefly talked about that, you know, in our little chat uh, channels we've had where we've talked about, like, imagine if actually it wasn't you and me. It was another content creator that I follow uh, called Aurelia, and she's in the Air Force. She's an officer, and she talked to, on one of her channels. Um, I can't remember what she had said, but I had said the same thing. You know, if if your people don't know their value, they have none, right? And I said yep. the uh, the uh, the other tenement to to leadership, in my opinion, is the work hard, stay humble ideology. Yeah. Like yeah, it's right, it's right there. I can see it. I'm pointing. Yeah. It. It's right <laughs> and, and I'm like, oh, the sign. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's like, yeah. um, it, it doesn't matter how badass you are. And how amazing your ego is And this, the ego, I like that you mentioned ego Because I don't care who you are If you're a content creator, you got ego Content creators are egotistically You gotta manage it Oh my goodness But but if you're (laughs) able to check yourself With a little bit of humility And recognize that you're not number one You're not the shit Like you're not, I don't care how amazing You may look on the internet It doesn't mean you are that awesome You know, like the ability to to check that just just that little bit of humility to me already will put you above so many yeah. people. So yeah. and that the and that goes back right back to Elon Musk. If you talk about that, if like ah, look at that. Well done. <laughs> if you well had a little done. bit of humility, you wouldn't be like I'm going to spend forty four billion dollars. Well, maybe not. You know, like yeah, like this. The whole statement of it actually smacks of. Unmitigated, out of control. Look what I can do. <laughs> I mean, I'll, you know, you're you're also going to build phallic-shaped rockets and launch them to Mars, right? Like totally. And and not to not to be little, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to be yeah. little. Someone's contributions to society, right? The the decision to not patent battery technology, all these things. I'm not belittling that. It is absolutely moved society forward. Amazing. However, unmitigated, unchecked ego is toxic, and to you know, and, and maybe to put a bow on this segment, right? Um, when we're talking about being a better human, just take a moment, be introspective, and assign value to those around you and yeah. acknowledge that you're not perfect and you shouldn't expect them to be. Um, and this, you know, look, <laughs> you've had to deal with me on this as many times as I've ended the stream. There was a study, and I will post this in the chat here on YouTube right now so there was a study done and unexpectedly reaching out to a friend is more appreciated than people assume yeah it means something 
Like that moment where you were talking about, I'm going to go around and, and check on these people. That yeah. meant something to every one of them, every single time. I actually and, had sailors that I haven't talked to in years message me on occasion because they just remember that. Yeah. And I, I'm not going to lie, dude, not going to lie at all. This is something I could be better at. As much as I would preach it, I could be better at reaching out to. I've got a lot of employees. I could reach out to them and be like, hey, look, how you doing? How's it going? What's up? Tell and me in the professional world, <laughs> right? it, you, you, you're going to know this better than I would. But in the professional world, I'm sure there are people out there that are like seven doesn't even know I exist. Mm -hmm. That you no, were that, that work directly for you or with you or whatever the case may be. No, it, it absolutely happens. And, and though there's yeah. a, a valid conversation to be had about, you know, what happens in the world of, of titles. Right. And ranks. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because people people respond to the rank rather than the person people respond to the title rather than the person yeah 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 something to be talked about there so this is a you know i want to go back to what we said when we kind of launched this segment this is a big conversation i fully expect that this would be a regular segment sure. that you and i want to have because this is just we're evolving we're understanding new things we have some amount of experience but we're discovering new things every day and we want to yeah. talk about them yeah yeah i I mean, I, I, I'm, oh, I mean, it, it's going to sound silly, but like, since I've retired from the Navy, I've had a lot of time, obviously a lot of time to, to retrospectively <laughs> think about things, but all I've got is time. All I have is time. <laughs> I literally just sit here and stare at the wall. Just think, no, but I mean, when you, when you've been in the military, you've gone through things that, that aren't great. You know, obviously we talked about a few of those today. Um, you tend to retrospect I think maybe not more than the average person I don't want to say that it's more but you tend to have a different outlook on things so I tend to value stupid things more like you know uh, I don't know right after I got divorced like I specifically remember having a conversation with the ex where she was talking about what well, these kids are just constantly arguing just all I hear is them arguing arguing I said you know, that's kind of funny because you miss that when you don't hear it. Like, you know, right, right. the kids squabbling over a toy in the back room. Like that's stupid little stuff that you you miss when you don't have it on a regular yep. like that. That, that yep. kind of retrospective stuff occurs a lot more, you know, I think as you get older. And I think I can't remember the book now. I have to try to remember the title, but it talks about how regardless of your actual physical age, every person is a different age mentally. And I, I think interesting. I think when you've been in the military, you tend to mentally be older just because mm -hmm. like even stupid things. I was 25 having to have a conversation with my brother about, hey, would you be the executor of my state if I passed away? You know, that's that's really the military is an interesting concept in that realm. Right. Because you are going to have to mature at 23, 24, 25, yeah. wherever you yeah. are um, and deal with things like mortality. Right. Deal with the kind of things that people don't honestly have to deal with outside that world. And a lot there's a lot of 60 year olds who never sat down and had that same conversation. Right. Who, yeah, who's, yeah. who's the godfather? Who's yeah. right, who's the godmother? Who's the who's the you know executor of the will? Who do I give power of attorney to? Like these are the things that you're going to have to deal with yeah. at some point in your life. Presumptively, people would have to deal with it. But in the military, yeah, yeah, yeah. it kind of accelerates it. And, and I think looking back, that's made me. That this is where I will be arrogant and egotistical. It's made me have an, a, a different retrospective view of 
life in general, which is why, like, when I made the decision to leave World of Warships last July and retire, retire, people were like, like, they were losing their minds. Like, you're going to retire? What are you going to do every day? Oh, I don't know, man. I might just sit in the backyard cutting the grass with a pair of scissors. Like, I don't, you know, like... <laughs> Whatever the fuck I want to yeah, I want my yard I do. is going to be on point. <laughs> <laughs> but but you know these are the things that because I know guys that legitimately spent 20 years in the military, retired, started a whole nother career and worked for another 30 freaking years and hated sure. life. You know what I mean? And I was like you can't you can't necessarily always live that way. You've got to you know, that's why I always joke with people. I'm a hugger. Like, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're, you know, you six hug, foot, you 10 and 300 that. pounds, bro. Yeah. Like I'm a hugger. Like I'm all about that, that aspect. And, and when I don't see somebody that I care about for a long time, I tell them. And, you know, like I, I'm a mama's boy. I talk to my parents on a regular basis. Like I, you know, like that stuff is. See, that's kind of cool. You never told me that. That's kind of cool. I, I'm 100% a mama's boy. Like, dad dies, I'll be like, well, shit, kick some dirt over his body, whatever. No, no I'm just kidding. But, <laughs> but, but, you know, it, it's th that type of stuff, I suppose, does meld your life a little bit more than maybe I, I, well, I thought it did. You know, I don't know. I So, so better human segment, you know, let's introspection, important. And 100%. If you're not the kind of person who can criticize yourself. Become the kind of person who can criticize yourself. If you are the kind of person who can criticize yourself, don't be so damn hard on yourself. Oh yeah, don't don't make that like your your headliner in life. Like don't <laughs> right, right. Don't overdo it. Right. Yeah. But there's a balance, and I think the balance is like a really hard thing to you know to figure out. Like how do I balance that? Where do I where do I stop? Totally being totally. overcritical and thinking too much about it. Because I mean, God, what you've told me about yourself, I can promise you, you've overthought it. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Right, like 100%. you've overthought. Did I did I talk to this person? Did I did I say the right thing? Did I? How did they take that? Oh yeah, and then so, you you followed up on it, right? Like, I'll tell you that? right now, even <laughs> right, you, even <laughs> even if you you like chew a subordinate out, like, yeah, I could be genuinely angry at the time, like knife handing them, and just like, and then they walk out the is door the, and you knife say, handing. That, that's knife handing. That's you never heard that before? There's a word for it, knife handing. You never see that? Yeah. If you ever, oh, if you ever man. Google General Mattis knife handing, no, no, no. and there's a, yeah, there's okay. a, a picture out there where he's doing this. And I think the meme is double you've never hand. been knife handed until you've been double knife handed. You've been <laughs> double knife handed. <laughs> but, but those a, are the things like. to do that. Oh, 100%. That's, you can't do that until you've got a star on your You can't your do that until you're general. No, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the sailor would leave, and then afterwards I'm like, I'll, like, look over at my division author. Like, was I too hard on Like, was I too hard on them? Like, you know, <laughs> like, you worry about that stuff, but. You do. You do. And I, I worry about that. I had some, con you know, hard conversations with folks today, in fact. And you worry about it. Look, I've built up enough capital with these kind of folks. They're like, look, I don't care. Right? Yeah. Like. It doesn't matter. But I worry about it. You worry about it. I yeah. worry about it. Right. And the future of leadership, right? The future of being a better human, being a better leader is you care about that stuff. You're yeah. introspective. You're introspective in the right amount. Is that empathy? Don't over is that index. what that is? It is. It's empathetic leadership, right? It's servant leadership. And, and I, you know, I was unfortunate enough to be in the room not too long ago with some, some executives, right? Um, some people who you would not think would would uh, would have a lack of leadership and executive training, right? And and they were mocking the idea 
of empathetic and servant leadership. And do that at your own, right? Do that at your own demise, right? Because you're, yeah. you're going to have you're you're going to have a situation where um, that's not permanent, right? Yeah. The, the expectation leaders in the future, the future, the future leadership, my kids, right? As they grow up to be leaders, it's going to be coming from a, a place of empathy. I understand you. I see you. You're valid. And I, and here's the real kicker. If I'm going to be honest, if I'm going to be completely pragmatic about how corporate America should care about this, I want the whole you at work. Yeah, of course. I don't want half. I don't want a quarter. I want or, everything uh, you bring to the table. Because I want all the value of your life experiences and everything else. And I can't get those unless you feel psychologically safe. Oh, uh, fair. There's trust. And I'm like, you know what happened? You know, happened? You may have been irrelevantly employed 25 years ago. And something that you learned may be very relevant or pivotal to what we're trying to do today. Yeah. And the only way to get you to talk about it is to make you feel like I care about it. And will not, you know, take punitive action or make you feel less in the social group. So yeah, there's being a better human man is being introspective. Let's start and actually believe that stuff. To to believe that, not just give it lip service. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. It's it's fake. What is it? uh, I had a friend. I'm going to get this wrong. Uh, You can pretend to show. No, you can pretend to. You can pretend to give a shit, but you can't pretend to show up. Yeah. Right, and people know it. Yeah. People smell it. Right. People are a lot smarter than anybody gives them credit for, for sure. Like, there's a lot of stupid people out there. Don't get me wrong. A lot of stupid people. But people can figure people out, typically. I mean, at least 1% of people are stupid. (laughs) Fair. I'll give you that number. That makes sense. At least least 1%. At least. At at a minimum. 1 to 3. We'll say 1 to 3%. That sounds like a good round. At a bare minimum. Minimum. Yeah. The half of the at the end of the day, for me, like being a better human also like if you want to narrow it all down, just recognize that if you're interacting with another human being, you're interacting with another human being. Dude, dude Period. I, mm. all right. We don't we don't have a lot of time left. Right. So let's dig on this <laughs> yeah. as our last thing. Yeah, I there was a moment in my life. And I'm not going to say career because this is a life lesson, right? There was a moment in my life where I started to realize that every single human being was just as complex as me. They all have hopes. They all have fears. Yeah. They all have dreams, things they yeah. want to achieve, things they are, they're going to avoid. They're all just as complex as me, and they're all scared little kids hiding inside their brain. A hundred percent. One, it is one hundred percent. I worked with some organizational psychologists, right, who their job is to provide therapy for people who have made it to the CEO position. And here is the thing I will promise you. Being a better human does not include a promotion. Correct. If you're not happy where you are, you will never be happy where you go. And that doesn't mean that there aren't CEOs out there. I like that. Ecstatic, who are happy. There are. But they got happy when they were 20 years ago. So if but you're you, not happy where you are, you will never be happy where you go. So so in your in your industry, let's say right now the doing the job that you're doing, I'm assuming at some point throughout your day or week or month or whatever the case would be, you may think fondly on when you first started, like the, the simple <laughs> the simplicity sure. simple of whatever. Life. Yeah. Yeah, every day. Yeah. It was it was that same chief that called me 
like he and I, by the way, are friends now on Facebook and all that crap. And like, he's an amazing guy. I remember specifically, I was getting ready to transfer and I was outside and I'm staring at my guys are up on my gun mount. They're doing all this work and they're climbing all over it. And I was just sitting back and I'm just watching them, you know, just because at that point, when you're getting near and leaving, yeah, but when you're but when you're getting ready to leave, you're not doing anything like you have nothing to do. You're checked out literally like you're just a body that's there to make sure all the admin is done. And I remember he snuck up behind me, scared the shit out of me. And he whispered in my ear. He goes, it sucks, doesn't it? And I kind of like, what? He was like, they don't need you anymore. Oh, yeah. And I remember specifically feeling that little, you know, that little bit in my, in my, yep. I was like, oh, God, 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 you know, like, yep. and he's like, but you know what? It's also pretty freaking cool that they don't need you anymore. Like, that means it's, you did your it's job. An interesting sign of maturity. I had this conversation today. So this is very, like, pointed for me. Nice. You know, I'm, I'm coaching someone through that process. And I had this conversation today and they were talking about a promotion, right? And I'm like, well. Yeah, but you're not being judged on the things you think you're being judged on. Right. <laughs> right? You think you're being judged on your ability to grease the wheels, right? To turn the wrench. That's what you think because your entire career has built you up to think that. Yeah. I am judging you on whether or not you can allow someone else to do it. Yeah. Are you or are you not a force multiplier? And, you know, that conversation That's is really question. pointed for a lot of people. Right. That's or are question. you or are you not a force multiplier? Because if you're not, you're not a leader. Yeah. You have to take satisfaction. Your your description of self-worth. All right. I'm going to end it with this. I was watching a movie happen. And this movie is a cotton candy movie. All right. It's a little pop. I was okay. I was flying back from San Francisco. There's no I was fly, flying from San Francisco to Atlanta. I had some time. So <laughs> this movie is called Every Day, right? And I'm not going to spoil it for anyone, but dude's a struggling musician trying to figure out how to make his way in the world. I identify, right? I get that. I've been that guy. And he ends up in an accident, comes to, and the world has forgotten that the Beatles exist. He happens into this knowledge by playing a Beatles song yesterday. I think I've seen this movie. And so people are like, oh, my God, that's the greatest song. Oh, my greatest God. Song ever, yeah. And he's like, yeah. But the Beatles never existed. And so there's a moment in this movie that changed my life. On this flight back from San Francisco next to a dude who had to be as the stunt double for the mountain in Game of Thrones. Right? Like, <laughs> and I'm sitting in the I'm sitting in the yeah, I'm sitting in the chair like <laughs> this. Right. And I'm not I'm not a tall dude, but I am not. I'm yeah, not yeah, narrow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so we're sitting there just like, you know, packed in like sardines. <laughs> and I'm watching this movie and I had this existential life changing moment. And so he's talking in that movie and I won't spoil what the thing is, the situation. But he's talking to an older guy and he asked the question. Did you live a good life? And this older guy who doesn't know him, right, is responding. And he says the kind of things you're going to say in a popcorn movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. I had the opportunity to love a woman, right? He goes through this. But he said something. And whoever wrote this, I would love to find out who wrote this. But whoever wrote this got me right in my heart. He says, you know, I had the chance to fight for some things I believed in. 
and I even won a couple of times. So his definition of success was the opportunity to be on the field fighting for a cause he believed in. Yeah. That struck me as just like, how can I, how can I redefine my, my definition of being a better human than to say, strive to fight for things you believe in, regardless of the outcome? It's a good movie. It's worth watching. Fair enough. I'm trying not to add on because I know we're you're like you're like we're look man. You're, you're doing this. Dude, you're doing this to me right now. <laughs> yeah, knife hands. Because, yeah, because in, in my that mind that that that, you, you, that opened a whole another can of worms I could definitely yeah. talk. So to. let's let's do that next time. This yeah, is yeah, I think this segment sure. this segment needs to start to start being just a part of this. The la- the last forty minutes. Yeah, we can fill them. And uh, apparently you and I can Easily. have a conversation about this and spend just... Easily. Before. Easily. Hands down. That's that's seven. Right there. <laughs> uh, honestly, well, it's, you, and, you and I talked about... We had talked... Uh, go back and watch the pilot, guys. The, the, the video is crap. I apologize... I, I we had some technical <laughs> difficulties, i.e. Hapa. Um, surprise, Seven, surprise. Seven twenty p or something. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. Hapa screwed up technically somewhere. Um, but we we talked about why we wanted to do this podcast, and this stuff right here is exactly why. Like conversations like this, like are exactly why. And hopefully, if you're the listener or the watcher, depending on how you guys are consuming this podcast, uh, you'll be in the same room. So if you guys have any questions, though, something I, we didn't mention last time that I need to start mentioning, I need to actually probably work with you and come up with a scripted line that I use all the time, that uh, if you guys have any questions, topics, things you'd like us to talk about in future episodes, put them in the comments here at YouTube or message uh, seven or I on discord or any of our social media um, locations, which can also be found conveniently on this YouTube channel. Um, Definitely do so because we would love to talk about stuff that y'all want us to talk about or um, answer some questions you might have. Just keep in mind, we are trying to stay away from, politics religion things of that nature to keep it somewhat easy i don't know how easy that's going to be in the long term but we will try so i think we've done a commendable job yeah, thus far so. because we have gotten really close to some of those subjects and both of us have yeah. been able to steer away from them yeah i think i think you're right i think you're so well done dude well done Hepa. and to you <laughs> yeah and make sure you hit that subscribe button yeah definitely and tell your friends and your 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 loved ones and your you know your great aunt uh definitely uh, the great great the great aunt great market aunt. is our <laughs> <laughs> great aunt eleanor that's the age uh market that we're trying to get aunts. into we're targeting great aunts for this thing <laughs> talk about a demographic that gets underserved it's great a very aunts. specific one man you know we have a niche community all we right found our market we have evaluated it we know how much it's worth and we're going for that great aunt market Great ants, you know, second Walmart's great ants. right behind us, but I'm great ants. <laughs> oh, God, is that our competition? <laughs> Dude, I, I should not have mentioned a brand. That was on me. Tesla got too many mentions. I had to go with Walmart. Seriously, we had to bring, down the, we had to bring the notch down a bit. <laughs> Absolutely. Grocery store feet. Great ants have grocery store feet. Like, we're going straight down that path. 
Oh, God. <laughs> I got you. You knew exactly oh, what I was talking about. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you knew exactly Jesus. what I was going for. <laughs> Either way, anywho, <laughs> I think that's about it. That's us done, I think, at this point. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, what do you think? Are you going to try for two weeks from now? Yeah, I'm uh, I'm traveling next week, so it won't be next week. So it'll be yep. the week after. It'll probably okay. be it will most two months from now. That week. Oh, <laughs> no, dude, no, we're going to do it more regularly. So I think, you know, twice a month is probably the right yeah. cadence. Let's shoot for yeah. that Thursday of that week. Alrighty, And as always, folks, we appreciate you all watching. For those of you who have been watching and those of you that might be listening, hopefully we've been entertaining uh, to you all. And we appreciate the hell out of every single one of you guys. And uh, Seven, say goodnight. Good night, everybody. See that voice? That's just, that's sexy, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, folks, we'll see you next time. Take it easy.